0: You do not wanna be crazy, and you don't you do wanna be crazy. To clarify yes, no, i crazy. We hope this helps. Hello and welcome to Team West Covina, a crazy ex-girlfriend podcast. I'm your host Paisley and today is Sunday, April 8th, 2018. This is episode three of the podcast. And today we're discussing Crazy Ex Girlfriend Live since the cast is currently on tour. I wanted to give you guys a podcast update on the Chicago show at the Vic Theater. That took place on Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. And I went with my friend Lauren from New Mexico. I'd first met Lauren in LA in November. Uh, which you guys heard about, but those of us who became friends then, uh, we all kind of stayed in touch with a really active group chat. And I'm really surprised how much we're in contact, Uh, even though some of us live in different places. We are regularly in touch about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and what's going on. And it's really helpful if, if one of us has missed some news, somebody else has heard it and shared it. So I'm really enjoying that and feel very in touch with the community between our chat and Twitter and all of the social media. So I also wanted to give a shout out to our patrons who support the podcast. Surprisingly, we have some. I feel like I just started this podcast, so I, I wasn't expecting patrons at all for like a long time yet. And two people already surprised me. Uh, first one is a username, so I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. I will spell it A E S P T V E. I-D-T, uh, was our very first patron, so thank you very, very much. Um, It it made my day. It was a huge surprise. And then we also have Harrison Shute who runs the uh, excellent Bagels After Midnight YouTube channel, which is focused on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Most of you probably know about this channel already, but if you haven't checked it out, I I highly suggest it. He's really good, Um, and he has a ton of videos posted already, so check it out. I want to apologize for the delay in between podcasts. I've actually been working on a number of other things, um, and I think it will calm down after this, but I have some course modules to complete before an international conference in May. I'm running a monthly book club or discussion group of sorts locally, and that takes a lot of prep time. Uh, I take care of everything around the house by myself, and I work, so there's been a lot going on, but I have two docs prepared for two podcast episodes at the moment, and I just have to sit down and record basically and edit. I've got the doc for I Hope Josh Comes to My Party done, so after the LA shows I'll be able to get that out too. So let's talk about the Chicago show. Lauren and I basically arrived at 1 p.m. in the afternoon since it was general admission at the Vic. Not all of the concerts are general admission, but ours was, which is always kind of a a stressor. Uh, But when we got there, it was so early that there was only two people in line and it was really cold. Like in Chicago, it was probably in the 30s or low 40s. And we were all bundled up in winter coats and we had toe warmers and all kinds of stuff. And so we went inside for a couple hours and kind of just kept tabs on what was going on and told the people in line we'd check back. We ended up getting into line around 3 p.m. And there was only like seven people ahead of us. So We were very happy with that. However, many came later and kind of like joined their friends. So by the time we were let in, um, that seven people had grown to about 20. But still good. Still good. Um, And it wasn't too long after we joined the line before a black Jeep pulled into the little driveway right behind the line. And Vincent Rodriguez III rolled down his window from the back seat. And Gabrielle was sitting next to him. So it was really perfect timing. Um, I'm glad we didn't miss this part. Vinny actually shouted that he would come out to take brief selfies with everyone. And it was really a unexpected surprise. I, I kind of went in not expecting anything. I know that the cast had talked about how they, they couldn't come out after the show because they're on a tight schedule and Rachel loses her voice really easily which is totally legit, by the way. I started to lose my voice after the show from cheering, and I wasn't even the one performing. I still kind of feel scratchy, so uh, it's gotten a little bit better, but I I don't think my voice is totally back to par yet. So anyway, Vinny was taking selfies with everybody, and he is actually the first member of the cast I've ever met. So it was a big deal. And Vinny's always really responsive on Twitter and Instagram, and it was really fantastic to meet him in person, just a great all-around experience. Since I couldn't bring my DSLR camera in, I had this like tiny little camera that I hadn't used in years, and I thought it had taken a picture when it had actually just shut down completely. <laughs> so I had to catch Vinny again and ask if I could take another photo with him, since the first one didn't take it all. I. I It wasn't a bad picture. There was just no picture there. (laughs) Um, So I used my cell phone the second time. When My cell phone kind of takes blurry pictures, but Vinny is a pro at selfies, and he did a really great job. I was happy with the way my photo turned out. And with the city behind us, it kind of reminds me of when Josh and Rebecca met on the streets of New York. So that was cool. We also made a lot of friends in line, and I knew some people from Twitter that I met in person for the first time. I met Cynthia who hosts the Bunch at Lunch podcast and I know there were other podcasters there as well but we didn't get a chance to meet up yet. Crazy Ex Girl fans drove in from Ohio and so did Crazy Ex Girlfriends from Detroit. We've talked about online how the Midwest is kind of the Crazy Ex Girlfriend podcast capital because there's so many of us that are podcasting from the Midwest for some reason and it was really cool to kind of have everybody come to the show at the same time. While we were in line, I played the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend soundtracks on my phone, and some of us had a sing-along in the cold. So that definitely made the time pass faster. It was a lot of fun to do that with with people. I don't always have people locally that I can share this with, and um, it was great to see so many people. I, I saw how far back the line went eventually, and it wound all the way around. The block and several corners worth and it was it was a lot uh, of people and I really wanted to get people's comments for the podcast but it was just too cold to take off my earmuffs and gloves we were just basically huddled up when we weren't singing and trying to stay warm and I really wanted Lauren and I to be able to do a concert recap together too since we were physically in the same place for once. And I thought that would be really fun. But by the time we got back, it was really late. We had to go to bed immediately because I had to work the next day. So unfortunately, it's still just me. (laughs) It's kind of ironic when I had core people, any one of them would have been a blast to podcast with. And I was really naturally comfortable having conversations with them. But now that all my core people are gone, I find myself podcasting solo. I am looking into the tech needed to podcast with more than one person, though, particularly via video chat. So hopefully when I get some time and in the long run, I'll be able to to have some more voices on here, too. Another thing about the concert was I didn't realize how many people would cosplay or bring props. I've cosplayed various characters from other fandoms for a long time, but In relation to CXG, I've mainly been focused on the podcast and haven't done much of that save like a spontaneous Rebecca cosplay in West Covina. But it wasn't really planned out ahead of time and there's a lot more I'd want to put together to to really cosplay. I want to give a shout out to Jen who was behind us in line and she had a sexy fashion cactus cosplay, which you can see on my Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the social media. Uh, it was really great. She made the hat, well, drunk, mind you. And she also made a shirt that said, Je suis garbage. I always thought the sexy fashion cactus would be really fun to do for Halloween, but I thought, you know, where would you ever get something like this? And she was able to sew it, so it was, it was really cool. And her friend Patrick, who enjoys sharing a name with the delivery guy from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, he cosplayed as Trent, which was loads of fun. He did his hair like Trent. He wore a turtleneck, of course, and carried the dreaded envelope labeled Top Secret Rebecca Bunch Past. I should have asked him what was actually in there. I feel like if I was cosplaying as Trent, I would put something like really creepy in the envelope. (laughs) But it was really great. He's also on my Twitter. I I took a picture of him, and and he said I could post it. And it it was kind of fun to see somebody do something different, too. Um, There's a lot of versions of Rebecca, but... I've never seen anybody do Trent yet, so that was a lot of fun. Post-show, we ran into a few girls wearing the pink Girl Grip Forever t-shirts, and they had several fun props. They had a mini Broom Daryl and an honest-to-goodness Channy Bear, which I loved. I later found out actually uh, one of the girls was a podcast listener, and we didn't actually realize it was each other until after the fact, but Kristen Nicole uh, made the Channy Bear, and it was it was awesome. It actually looked just like the show, it was great. Uh, I also met Emily, who had made a fantastic blam sign that you could actually poke your head through. I think a lot of people online probably saw those pictures going around, and it really looked great. I've got pictures of all of this up on my social media. I don't post pictures of myself publicly. But if you message me and prove you're not a Trent or researching me obsessively, I'll add you to my Facebook account where I do post pics of myself on these adventures, but it's more of a friends-only kind of thing. I've had quite a few Trents stalk me on social media in the past, sometimes even a decade after I dropped out of the public eye. So if you're a Trent and you're listening to this podcast, consider yourself called out. If you don't know what a trend is and you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely getting called out. So far, so good, though. I'm happy to share my photos with you guys. I just would rather do the, the ones of me under my Facebook account. I'm happy to share photos with you guys, uh, but the ones of me will usually just be under my Facebook account, which is different from the Facebook page and all of that. This is like my personal Facebook account under Paisley. When the doors to the Vic Theater finally opened, they actually split us into two lines. They had us do guys on one side, girls on the other. Well, you can imagine what an uproar that caused amongst pro-women, pro-equality, crazy ex-girlfriend fans. Some of us had been waiting for hours, and since there were far more girls in line than guys, guys that were considerably further back were kind of getting to go in before us. And being a general admission show, we kind of needed to get in ASAP if we wanted close seats. And most of the girls had bags, and they all needed to be searched, and it kind of sounded like they were going to do pat-downs for weapons. And, you know, there was a lot of things they had to do before they could get the girls' side of the line inside. My friend Lauren was thoroughly checked, and in the meantime I kind of like went around her and the security guard, and when the security guard was done with Lauren, she looked at me and said, Have you been searched? And I considered and went, uh huh. <laughs> and she just let me go. Even so, like, we still would have been completely out of luck if we hadn't made friends with, well, Trent. Cosplay Trent, who was perfectly benevolent. He shall henceforth be known as Trent Patrick. He got in before we did, even though he's behind us in line, and he managed to save much of the second row for our group. You never expect to go to a crazy ex-girlfriend show and need a guy for something. We had to rely on a guy for close seats despite being the fourth and fifth person to arrive at the theater. But as things were, we were very grateful to him. He did a top-notch job saving seats for us. I was so thrilled to see a full two-hour show or however long it was. The CXG sing-along that I had gone to in November was only like an hour. And so seeing a full concert made a huge difference. When we actually got inside the venue, we saw our friend Vince's artwork on the merchandise that they were selling. And that was really cool. Um, Since I'd met Vince, uh, Vincent Lee in November, when we all the fans met up, he had actually been asked to do the artwork for the tour. And we were all really excited for him. It was a complete surprise, and he did a really good job portraying all the cast members. And so if, if anybody bought a shirt or a mug or whatever else they're, they're selling, that's Vince's artwork. He's on Instagram at Brushpenroulette and also has a website, com. But he's constantly doing artwork. like every day I feel like he's posting something different. So it was really special. To see that happen and so quickly too. So we finally kind of settled in, and I've got a pick of the set list so I can kind of go off of that to try to remember what all happened during the concert. The first song they sang in Chicago was Where's Rebecca Bunch? It was Donna Lynn, Vinnie, Gabrielle, Pete, and Scott. And in the middle of the song, you know, Rachel comes out and says, I'm right here, you guys. I, and that's kind of something I think they're doing at every show. Some shows, they are switching up songs, and different cast members are at different shows, so just because you've seen one doesn't mean you've seen them all. I I heard a lot of fun things about other shows that I wasn't at, too. Rachel was wearing the green sequin jacket, and she said that Donna Lynn gave it to her. Then they sang West Covina, just a portion of it, and... Jack Dolgen and Adam Schleslinger were in the back playing guitar and piano, respectively. As soon as I saw the grand piano, I thought Rachel was going to sprawl across it singing Tell Me I'm Okay, Patrick. That did not happen, but maybe at some show it will. And the rest of the cast went backstage, and then Rachel did kind of an intro. And like one of the first things she said was that there were a lot of podcasters in the Midwest and asked them to stand up. And I was really surprised. I guess I, I just I'm not expecting that or thinking about that and so it was a little embarrassing but it was really nice and um, I kind of turned back and looked at Cynthia who does bunch at lunch because we were kind of sitting sort of close together and um, I know crazy ex-girlfriends were there a few rows back and crazy ex-girl fans were in the back by the bar and there probably were other ones too so if you were a midwest podcaster uh, that I haven't named. Let me know who you are. Um, I, I try to keep uh, tabs on, you know, what's going on with podcasts, and I've listened to a lot of them, but I'm sure I'm still missing some too. But I definitely felt like Rachel appreciated the podcasters and wanted to demonstrate that. Coming from YouTube herself, I think she probably has even more of an understanding for this type of thing than the average performer. I wasn't expecting her to give a shout out, uh, so it was a really nice surprise. The next song they did was Rachel and Vinny, they did We Should Definitely Not Have Sex Right Now, which I don't think I was expecting to hear that in concert, but it was it was great. They um they really kicked it off with a bang, which no surprise. They started miming sex on stage first with Rachel jumping on Vinny upright, legs around his waist, and they kind of made the thrusting motions. We were very close for this. <laughs> it was it was I mean unabashedly like happening. It you know, it's much more of a dirty show than you would necessarily even see on the CW. And then Rachel kind of got down and bent over and Vinny got behind her and started thrusting against her hips and yeah, it was just all out there. Uh but it was really funny and uh it, seeing it in person was even funnier. I mean, I would have been laughing seeing it on video, but they were just so close to us it made it even funnier. And then Vinny uh, did a solo number, he did Head in the Clouds, with dancing. And I've I've never really been much of a dance fan in general, and I know a lot more about singing, songwriting, and acting than I do dance, but Kat Burns always comes up with really entertaining and inspired choreography. Who knew that choreography could be funny? She always keeps it really fresh, even with over a hundred songs. And I really enjoy Vinny's dancing, especially in person. It it just kind of has that added impact. And I felt even more odd at what he could do in person when there's no like cuts or edits. And he was laughing really hard at the lyrics to Head in the Clouds, too. There's all the tongue-in-cheek comments about religion. And he just had a huge smile on his face the whole time he was singing. And the Holy Ghost came right in dancing. I admit for a split second, I thought about how mind-blowing it would be if Santino had been underneath and took off the ghost costume for the big reveal. I'm actually not one of those people who's waiting for Greg to return, even though I like him as a character. I think the writers did a really good job with his arc, and I'm okay with never having him on the show again or whatever they decide to do. But it would have been a really crazy reveal during a live show, so it couldn't help but cross my mind. However, the ghost was indeed someone significant, Gabrielle. So she and Vinny got to dance together, and that was a lot of fun. Every time I hear this song, Head in the Clouds, I think about visiting the actual church in real life and how much of an impact it had on me due to Rebecca's confrontation scene being filmed there. So I'm talking about the concert, but I know a lot of you probably saw it on Instagram since they streamed it live, and I think they're getting little videos up here and there from the show. And... So hopefully it's not too much of a repeat. And some of you, I'm guessing, missed the Instagram live show or, or you know, couldn't be there at that time. So hopefully this is still helpful. I think our show was the first one that they really managed to get the live stream going for. And so it was definitely the one that people are the most familiar with so far. One of my favorites that they did was Fucked on a Cats. Um, I don't even know if I would say it's like my, you know, a a favorite song in the show, but live, I, I really loved it. Um, It's just, it's really catchy. It's really funny. Rachel asked who in the audience was single before the song and I raised my hand. I'm kind of used to bands asking who's coupled up or who's in love. So this was a nice change. I get the impression this song holds a special place in Rachel's heart. She still has it pinned to the top of her Twitter, and it sounds like the day the cat puppets were on set was full of hijinks. In concert, the rest of the cast play the cats with cat ears on. I had remained relatively spoiler-free before this show, so most of these things were a complete surprise to me. A lot of the costuming was a big surprise to me, costuming and props. and That kind of made me enjoy the show even more. I really didn't know what they were going to do. And Gabrielle got really into being a cat. She's capable of pulling her leg kind of all the way up to align with her head, being a a dancer. And she'd kind of pretend to lick her leg like a cat. Um, I love that she gets to showcase some of her own humor since Valencia as a character didn't have much of that bent. And Gabrielle on stage was really fun to watch. So next, Rachel did the Math of Love Triangles. I really love the lyrics to this song. I think Rachel said she wrote them in the bathtub, and they're so clever. When she sang the phrase, literal suspension, she added something like, pretend, pretend suspension, and acted like she was being lifted up. Adam and Jack did the background voices of the guys. And then Pete came on stage to sing, I love my daughter, but not in a creepy way. It was Pete Solo with Jack on guitar, and Pete really leaned into this one. It could have been embarrassing to sing live, but he gave it his all and seemed like he was having a blast. Pete actually pointed to people in the audience as if they were his daughter, and one of the people he pointed to was Emily, who was one of the girls we met in line who had made the blam sign. I forgot to ask Trent Patrick if he posed with that blam sign, but that would have been epic since Trent has his own theme song. Jack was a great straight man throughout this song with Pete. He made skeptical and kind of creeped out faces at Pete throughout. After that, Donna Lynn came out for a solo. She did Maybe This Dream. And every time she walked out alone to do a solo, they lit her like she was an angel with fog or smoke and a glowing light behind her. It was specifically Donna Lynn that got this treatment, and I always noticed it. It's the kind of imagery that would have fit my friend Daisy, too, the one who was my Paula. Donalyn even wore her hair the way Daisy liked to do it, with part of it kind of pulled up on each side in pigtails, with the rest of it down and long. I always get so emotional seeing her, because it's kind of the closest I can get to Daisy after her death. She and Paula, and even Donalyn herself, and some of her interests and approaches have the same feel. One of my only wish list items that I didn't get at the 100th song along was for Donna Lynn to sing something solo. And this tour showcased her so well, giving her multiple solos. She was on point, capable of belting out tunes as well as doing like the higher head voice that she's naturally comfortable with. Donna Lynn's really fantastic at those little stylistic touches that demonstrate how flexible her voice is. She could go from making people die laughing during this song to making them almost want to cry as she lingered on the last line. Maybe this dream will finally make me feel like I deserve a dream. I'm not going to sing today because my voice is really shot. So then Gabrielle came out and kissed Rachel on the lips. Rachel said Gabrielle did it a different way every time, so she was never sure if it was going to be closed mouth, open mouth. She kind of had to be prepared for anything. Rachel also said her husband was okay with it and mentioned he was in the audience, so Gregor said hi to the crowd. And then Gabrielle did a solo. She did Women Gotta Stick Together, a throwback to Old Valencia. And she did this flawlessly. It gave her the chance to verbally abuse the audience, much to their enjoyment. Gabrielle came right out into the crowd, pointing at people during different parts of the song as if they were the women mentioned. Like, this girl should pluck her eyebrows. You know, she pulled somebody up from the audience. Some are short and fat. Pulled somebody else up from the audience. Oh, hey, Denise. And then the audience member in question didn't miss a beat and went, hey, girl. Gabrielle went right down fourth row and pulled up Steph, who I know from Twitter and had met in person that night. And she twirled Steph around while singing, like, this girl here with the blotchy face. She banged her best friend's boyfriend in the bathroom of that sushi place. Then pointing out Cynthia from Bunch at Lunch podcast, who was sitting next to Steph, as if she were the best friend. So that was a cute little interaction, and it, it worked well for both of them since they know each other. Let's Have Intercourse was the next song. Scott sang it solo. Admittedly, I preferred the joint dancing of Scott and Rachel at the 100 Song Along because it was so funny and they got really into it. But it's always a blast to hear this live. Rachel made great faces while he sang it. And I feel like Scott's improved on his delivery of funny lines since being on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He had a couple uh, really good moments during this. And at the end of the song, he did exactly what I anticipated. He threw an old condom into the audience, and somebody caught it. (laughs) Then both he and Rachel warned the person not to use it because they couldn't vouch for its usefulness. So after that, Rachel just went right in to strip away my conscience. She was singing it solo, flanked by Vinny and Gabrielle doing the dance moves, and they were both really terrific at it. Rachel did a fabulous job on this song. It's one of my favorites, and I was so thrilled to hear it live. This was one I was kind of hoping they'd do. There's a line in this song that's so specific to Cheetah and me. I practically discombobulated when I heard it. Uh, If you guys don't listen to the Acopian's Corner section, Cheetah's a nickname for Essentially my Josh Chan, my Nathaniel. Rachel's Harry Potter references slay me every time. I gotta say, Rachel looked great at this show too. She was wearing skin-tight black pants and totally pulled them off. I mean, not literally. I feel like I should clarify that when it comes to Rachel, especially since she took her top off at the end, but we'll get to that. Rachel was unsurprisingly very good at the sexy dance moves. She has this wonderful way of mixing sexiness with humor that makes both qualities even more appealing. Oh, and she also pulled a lime green thong from the back of her pants and threw it into the audience. One of the girls we were in line with caught it. I Could If I Wanted To was the next song, a Greg song. This was sung by Jack Dolgen solo. And I think the call to feature Jack and Adam, the other songwriters, as well as include Greg songs was an especially good one. This way we got to hear the Greg tunes we love and the songwriters got the chance to sing things they'd personally written. They're such an integral part of the show and give the music its own flair. The collaboration between them and Rachel is integral. She was very open about the process of singing an a cappella demo for what she had in mind, and then one or both of the guys would revamp it or arrange it. Some songs came practically already formed by Rachel, while others were significantly changed, either melody or lyrics. Sometimes one of the guys would primarily write the song and get the other's input. Jack has written show episodes, too, and is so versatile in terms of what he's contributed to the show. They sometimes are a little more behind the scenes, but, you know, these two guys, it was really neat to see them on tour with them, and I'm I'm glad that they do that. The next song was I'm So Good at Yoga. This was so early on, I, I guess I didn't think about whether or not we'd hear this one. This was all the way back to episode two of first season. But Gabrielle sang lead, and the entire cast participated as members of a yoga class. They had the audience stand up and kind of follow Gabrielle's moves a little bit. Gabrielle looked particularly good during our live show. She wore a bohemian-looking midriff top, and very few people could pull that off, but it looked like it was made for her. Really beautiful. During this song, Rachel was slumped in the position she was in during episode two. Gabrielle even said the line about how she could stay in child's pose if she wanted to, and Rachel said, nope, I'm an adult. The cast circled around Rachel for the nyan yan yan nya, part, and during the boom bits, they stuck their butts in her face. At the very end, everybody stuck their butts in her face, except for Scott, who flipped around and stuck out his hand, which made Rachel legitimately laugh really hard. I'm curious whether he's done this at other shows, because it didn't seem like she was expecting it. After that, she and Scott went into horny, angry tango. They danced the tango during the song, even the horizontal tango. This song is growing on me. It's pretty simple, but it has great energy, relatable lyrics, and the dancing really adds something, particularly in person. This was one of those songs where I liked singing in concert, like, better than on a show, even. It does really well in concert. Pete stuck a microphone in their faces at one point so they could have their hands free to dance. After that, it was time for Adam's solo. He sang What Will It Be, which he wrote, and I was really excited to see Adam Schlesinger on tour. Still can't say his name, sorry. Because I've, I've not seen him in person before. He's been involved in a lot of projects I've enjoyed. He's worked with friends of mine and one of my significant others. The projects I particularly liked or am familiar with are Adam wrote the song That Thing You Do, as well as other songs from that movie. I absolutely love the music from that. I remember listening to the soundtrack a lot back in the day. He also wrote songs for the movie Music and Lyrics, which was quite a while ago as well, but I remember liking it. I really like Adam's voice in general, too, and hearing him on the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend demos was a lot of fun. I actually like his v- version of I'm Just a Girl in Love as much as the original. His falsetto was fun. I really appreciate him bringing his musical sensibilities to the show. After that, Donna Lynn took the stage again for First Penis I Saw. She was singing solo, but flanked by Rachel and Gabrielle. I did not know I wanted to see them as her background singers for this song until it happened. That was perfection. I just love this song in general. It's so catchy and funny and surprisingly heartfelt considering the subject matter. You can't help but smile when you hear this, no matter how bad you're feeling. Rachel really got into the moves on this one. When they use the microphones as props, shall we say? Rachel made a fist around it and started jerking it back and forth really fast. And then she promptly opened her mouth and pretended to be giving a blowjob to the mic. It was hilarious. It was awesome. And then Pete Gardner came out for a solo, getting by. The rest of the cast backed him with brightly colored inflatable instruments. Also a surprise. Rachel had a guitar and Gabrielle had a bass, I think, or vice versa. I know Vinny had a drum that was strapped on and... Scott had a saxophone, which he pretended to play by using a kazoo hidden in his hand. That was a cute touch. You can tell how much Pete loves performing this song, and the crowd goes wild for it. The lyrics were so spot-on for what needed to be conveyed, and I love that some LGBTQ groups have embraced it as a cultural anthem. I also love that while Pete is straight to my knowledge, married to a woman at least, he's totally comfortable playing a bisexual man. Pete is originally from Chicago, and it was great to see him perform there. Rachel started telling the audience that they were going to come on stage for an encore, so not to worry, and she was really getting into her narrative when Jack pointed out that Donna Lynn actually had another song first. Rachel had completely forgotten about it. It's fun to see a flub like that. It makes each show a little different, and they love to laugh at themselves. The crowd like never minds if a performer makes a mistake. It's normally more fun that way. Donna Lynn was actually given another solo. I was so excited by how many solos she had. She sang Face Your Fears and was backed by the cast wearing white choir robes. So kind of a throwback to the kids that flanked her in the episode. I didn't see that part coming either, and it was a fun new way to see the song performed. I was really excited to to see her sing it. It really fits her voice well. Donna Lynn got a standing ovation for every solo number she performed. She always seemed so humbled and touched each time. She doesn't take it for granted. It really seems to mean a lot to her. Then Rachel did another solo, um, I'm a Good Person. She did the explicit version, of course, and came out into the crowd to threaten an audience member until she said, you're a good person. This is such a tongue-in-cheek fun song for a concert. And then they went into the encore. They did quite a few songs during the encore. First one was Fit Hot Guys Have Problems 2. It was Scott and Vinny who ripped off their shirts to reveal fake muscle t-shirts underneath. Instead of Josh coming out in a fireman costume because he was needed on stage since David Hall wasn't there, it was Pete who came out in a fireman costume. Plastic red hat, shirtless, and covered in Pam, apparently. When the without these pants line came up, it was Pete who ripped his pants off and had shorts on underneath. He was not afraid to shake it. We were all dying. It was so funny. I love how they kind of turn things on its head and you kind of never know what's going to happen. And it might be like the show or it might be totally different than the show. But then the girls had a number. Let's generalize about men, sung by Rachel, Gabrielle and Donna Lynn sans Vela, since she wasn't able to make the tour. Uh, This song is one of my favorites to hear live. We heard it at the 100th song sing-along too. And I don't really have that much to say about it, but I, I really, it was a really good moment. I love hearing that song live. I think it works really, really well. And then after that, they kind of went into "Tapped that ass. It, this was legitimately not on the set list because I saw the set list. And it came about because Rachel had told a story about performing this song. So of course the crowd shouted, do it and she wasn't sure if Vinny remembered the choreography, nor was he, but he was game, of course. Jack and Adam were less sure because they had to go get the music, but Rachel had them do it, and Jack sang while Rachel, Vinny, and Kat Burns, the choreographer, whom they called up from the audience, all danced it out. They put three chairs on the stage for them to use, and oh my gosh, they pulled it off, even though they hadn't rehearsed, and it had been a while since they'd done it. They had a drummer there named Ethan, and for the sake of the song, he played the part of the Taco Festival guy who popped his head in and sang, I also tapped that ass all over this house. Yeah, it was really funny. It's, It's really fun to see them do something that spontaneous and kind of work it out as they go along. They did a great job. And then Rachel did another solo. She did You Stupid Bitch. And I absolutely thought this was going to be one of those unskippable songs in concert, like when an artist has a hit and they need to sing it at every show or the audience will complain. It's very funny to watch art becoming life because in the TV show, Rebecca says to the crowd, you know this one, sing it with me. And now Rachel was saying that for real to the audience of a sold out show. This one really showcases her talents, her voice, as well as her humor. I think one of my favorite Rachel moments of the night. And then the last song, gotta end on an upbeat note, which I think was a good call. She did Heavy Boobs. And it was just Rachel at first. She'd been joking about it being a slow strip tease earlier in the show after she took a t-shirt off with the tank top underneath. But this time she took the tank top off too and did the song in her black bra, bouncing up and down. Just like the the music video. Then the cast ran out to do the rest of it with her and they were all wearing different colored bras over their shirts. Yes, even the guys. Brilliant. Those costume changes really made it for me. That was a lot of fun. So that was basically the end of the show. And for me, next stop is L.A. I'll be seeing the L.A. show and the Covina show with friends. So reach out to me if you'll be there. Hopefully I'll get this edited and posted before that time, otherwise it may have to be afterwards, but my goal is to get it out there before then. I also just wanted to comment that I'm so grateful the show was renewed for season four. It's really my favorite show of all time, and it paralleled my life in a lot of ways up until the last half of season three or so. I never really needed more than four seasons, since that's the arc. Rachel and Aline plotted out. That's the arc they wanted. I just needed them to make it to four, and they did, and now the show can be exactly as it should be. So I'm really excited. So time for regular podcast business. If you're able to, please rate and review. It really does help other people find the podcast. Also, if you write a review, I would be really grateful if you could just give me a heads up through message or email so I know about it and can credit you. Reviewing on iTunes helps the most in terms of being higher up in search results, but reviews on any podcast service make a big difference. Since there are hundreds of podcast apps, I'm not able to check reviews on each one, so I'll probably only know you left one if you email me, and we'll totally give you a shout out on the podcast. By the way, I've had like a lot more downloads than I ever expected. I, again, I, I really was thinking on the conservative side of things because I'm a brand new podcast. It hasn't been that long since I've been doing this. And I, I'm not really sharing this with people in my you know, regular local life. So it's not like my friends are going and downloading this, um, save you know a few people that I met recently in the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend fandom and made friends with. But every download is basically a stranger to me. I'm like, who are all you guys listening to this? I kind of thought it would take longer for it to take off and and all of that and I was fine with that I I figured I'd be building it up for a while so tell me who you guys are um message me write a review um it spans a lot of different countries and almost every continent I I'm really surprised by the the podcast statistics it it makes me happy I I, you know I've had a such a rough time the last few years and I don't normally share my creative projects or put myself out there like this, so it means a lot. Thank you very, very much. Since my last podcast, I created a second crowdfunding option. I'm on Patreon under Team West Covina, as well as Podbean Crowdfunding. I'll put links to both in the show notes, and there are slightly different options. Podbean Crowdfunding, I think you can just make a one-time donation, you can make a monthly donation and with patreon you can donate one time or you can donate per creation so every time i release something new and basically the reason why podcasts ask for donations is because we have a monthly bill to host our podcasts on servers with enough bandwidth for all of you to be able to download it and as it turns out we do have to invest in more tech equipment than i originally anticipated I started with a simple headphone microphone all in one combo so I could see how podcasting went before investing in better equipment, but ended up finding out that when I plug this into my laptop or tablet it creates white noise due to the combo, which means I need to purchase a separate microphone and a separate pair of headphones and then a splitter so I can use them at the same time. Right now I have to record on my phone so I don't get the white noise. And recording on my computer allows me to edit a little as I go, which is much faster than having to edit everything afterwards. And I could get podcasts to you guys more quickly if I could record, like, directly into Audacity from my laptop. I'd also really like to be able to podcast on the go if I'm at a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend event and people there would like to share something. But it does start to require equipment I don't yet own. So, not to bore you with tech info, but just wanted to explain that it's a little more complicated than it sounds at first glance, and that's why Patreon and Podbean crowdfunding help so much. Thank you again to our patrons. I really appreciate the support. You can reach out to the podcast or start discussions on Facebook at facebook.com slash teamwestcovina, Twitter at team Covina or Instagram under team Covina You can also email me at paisley.com. Podcasts at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.